0: What's up, guys? Pete Mundo here, heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you downloading this week's uh, radio show, which we turn into a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Thanks so much for being a part of it. By the way, I am like almost out of koozies because you guys are sending me so many ratings and reviews. If you haven't yet, rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever you want. Send me a screenshot of that review to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I will get a free koozie for you in the mail, a Heartland College Sports koozie. Keep that beer cold and impress your friends at the same time. It's a win-win. All right, thanks for the download, guys. Enjoy the show. We'll talk to you soon. Third and goal at the three, and Iowa State moved at the snap. Skyler Thompson to the goal line. Touchdown. With the night He's at the bail of 35, the 30, the 25, the 20. It's a foot race to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. He goes again. David Sills with a 53-yard touchdown reception. We're going all night long, everybody. And the Cyclones win it. They have knocked off the number four, TCU Hard Frogs. This is not some mirage. When the just kept trying to catch him and he just kept running away from him. It's 81 yards for McCleskey on the grab. Never, come and Locked it down the middle for Rodney. It's caught at the 10. To the- So you like that new open or what? Let me know on Twitter, at Pete Mundo. We'll keep it rolling here. I put some good work into that. I really did. So you might have missed this, but yeah, Tom Herman, the Texas head coach, got looped in on the Urban Meyer saga and scandal over the weekend. What a just bizarre, absolutely bizarre situation this is turning into from Columbus all the way down to Austin, Texas. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly. Hope your uh, week is going well. I mean, mine is. How can it not be? We're, what, two, two and a half weeks away from uh, college football, being here, being back, getting underway. And before I get into everything going on with Tom Herman and the the, uh, Texas Longhorns, I should note that we are going to have our first tailgate of the season and it's going to be at K State against Mississippi State in week two in Manhattan, Kansas. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to um, having you be a part of that. It's It's gonna be a lot of fun. we're going to have, Uh, beers. It's going to be 7 a.m. You know, you're going to be having a good time and and it's going to be on Heartland College Sports. So we appreciate you if the K-State fans are out and about and want to join us. We're going to do more of these throughout the season, but we'll have all the details. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff, so you got to be there early. You got to be ready to go. And we are going to be set up in the East lot. That is the plan right now. More specific details on timing and the whole thing to come. But if you're a K State fan, you know, I've been, I'm now living in Kansas City doing a radio show here. Um, and I went to the K State spring game, but I haven't been to K State on game day. So if you have any tips for me, please do email me, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. Give me the lay of the land so I know what's going on, anything I should know going into it. Uh, please let me know. But the plans right now is um, in the East lot. I have a connection there. Got a guy, as they say, and uh, we're going to be there bright and early, ready to rock with the Heartland College sports banner. That'll be kind of the way to tell where we are. So looking forward to being there and looking forward to seeing a lot of the K-State fans and we'll tell you when our next one is lined up as the season goes along. All right, let's get to what happened here with Urban Meyer and everything else and Tom Herman. So this broke, I guess it was was it last Saturday or Sunday, this came down that somehow Tom Herman was the leaker, as Trump would say, the leaker to Brett McMurphy, formerly of ESPN. And this whole thing started because Tom Herman was ticked off that Zach Smith, the guy who allegedly beat up his wife um, back in 2009 when she was pregnant and then again in 2015, Zach Smith, who was still on Urban Meyer's staff at Ohio State, Herman was ticked off that five-star receiver Garrett Wilson picked Ohio State over Texas in April. Now, Wilson is from Austin. He played at Lake Travis High School. That's just, you know, miles away from the Longhorns campus. Zach Smith beat out Texas, and this was kind of quasi-revenge for what happened. Now, Tom Herman has denied he had anything to do with that story anything to do with leaking the story. But the twist here that people were alleging is that Tom Herman and his wife helped pay for Zach Smith's wife's legal bills. Herman did not deny that. He said back in March of 2017, my wife assisted her friend, Courtney Smith, during a time of financial need. We have not provided any financial assistance since then. So the Smiths, or at least Courtney Smith and Tom Herman's wife are still friends, but the Herman family denying the hell out of this thing. They want nothing to do with it. They want to be nowhere near it. I don't know the truth. All I know is that this is turning into uh, the ultimate soap opera that nobody, and I mean nobody, can take their eyes away from. It's like a train wreck in many ways. But regardless of what happened here, let's not let this distract us from the bigger picture which ultimately is whether or not Urban Meyer was covering up Zach Smith's domestic violence and now reports of a DUI during his time at Ohio State. And here's what it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder, what does Zach Smith have on Urban Meyer? Is it nude photos? Is it uh, recruiting violations that everybody knows is going on? Uh, What the heck's going on there with Urban Meyer? Somebody tell me. Because if not, if you're going to sit here and tell me Urban Meyer has no idea about any of this, he had no idea what was going on, you're kind of asking me to believe something that is just, frankly, unbelievable. It's very difficult to do. So I don't know how this is going to play out. All I know is the Urban Meyer story is a fascinating kind of side plot to everything going on, but it really is not the big picture here, what we should be talking about. And speaking of the Texas Longhorns, you know, what's, what's, As we get closer to the season, what's so interesting about this program is the fact that, well, it hasn't been interesting or good. Think about this. This might be hard to fathom, but the Longhorns are 53-48 and this decade. No major bowl games, no 10-win seasons, one top 25 finish. This is an incredibly important season for Tom Herman and where this program is going to go. If this is another 7-5 and season, I mean, when's it going to change? When's it going to turn? Is that black cloud just going to be over Texas forever? And is this going to be Oklahoma's conference, and then each and every year somebody else pops up to compete for the Big 12 championship, whether it's Oklahoma State or TCU or throw an Iowa State in there or West Virginia, and we kind of just have this carousel where it's Oklahoma and somebody in the Big 12 championship game, but it's Oklahoma's conference. The Big 12 desperately needs, and I mean this from a conference-wide perspective, desperately needs and should want Texas to be good again. Now, if you're an Iowa State fan, let's say for an example, or a K-State fan, what you want is for Oklahoma and Texas to be at the top, but for you to knock them off and to play in the Big 12 championship game. That's what you should want. I'm not saying you want to root for Texas to beat your team, but root for Texas to be really good when you beat them. That's what you should ultimately want here. Because even going into this year, you can hear it from the national pundits and the people that uh, talk coast to coast. They believe that this is just another year. Ho hum. I know Baker Mayfield's gone, but OU is going to steamroll its way to a big 12 championship. I'm not convinced that's the case. Because I think there's a lot of teams that can potentially knock off slash compete with OU. But yeah, they're the favorite right now. And they're my pick to win the Big 12 Conference, no doubt about it. But if you have Texas being once again a premier program, not just in the conference, but in the country, that helps the Big 12. It puts them on the map and it lifts the entire conference. It lifts Iowa State. It lifts, lifts Texas Tech. It lifts Baylor. It lifts Kansas State. Everybody. It lifts them all. And people have to realize that. I mean, I know if you're a fan of any of the other eight teams in the Big 12, I'd OU oh, you in Texas, you hate the Blue Bloods. I understand it. But they're your moneymakers. Let's not kid ourselves here. They are your moneymakers. And this is going to be a year for Tom Herman where he goes in. First off, he's got his two veteran quarterbacks. And I don't want to say veteran because Ellinger's what? going to be a true sophomore. Buschel going to be a junior. But if one of these guys is going to step up and be a legitimate top-tier quarterback in the conference and potentially the country, this is the year it's going to happen. I think Ellinger's got a higher ceiling at this point than Bouchelle, just based on what I've seen and what we've watched over the past year. But you know, Ellinger took a beating last year at times. Now, the offensive line stunk. But I also thought they ran him way, way too many times. It was ridiculous. He was getting beat up left and right. Thanks, Tim Beck. Nice job, buddy. Nice job, pal. The play calling just was mind blowing. And they're weak at running back. They still have questions on the offensive line. The wide receiver spot has a ton of potential with guys like Colin Johnson and little Jordan Humphrey. But do you feel like really good about that side of the ball? You shouldn't. And defensively, Todd Orlando is fantastic. He's the best defensive coordinator in the conference, but he lost a lot of guys from last year. Now, they don't seem concerned about it because of the talent on that side of the ball, but everyone's saying, ah, it's OU and Texas in the Big 12. This is the year these two schools get back to being at the top of the conference. I got to see it to believe it. I mean, I'm done with the days of saying Texas is going to simply be in the conversation because they're Texas and because they've recruited so well we've been saying that since they appeared in that national championship game against Alabama. And those days are over. So there's no reason to continue to go down that road. But that being said, I hope this is the year they break that streak because if you have Herman in Texas going through another 7 and 5 season, and you know as well as I do if you follow some of what's going on in this conference and social media, there are a lot of people that are not Tom Herman fans you know you can read the tea leaves on who they are, go on Twitter, figure out who they are, whether it's former players, former players' parents, uh, the list goes on. He's a controversial figure, and controversial figures are fine when they have success, and when they win, nobody cares. The problem is, you got to win. You don't have a choice you have to go out there and you got to win football games because if not that leash is shorter than say a Mac Brown who everybody loved Mac Brown nobody wanted to see Mac Brown go or get fired and that's probably why he got uh, more years than he should have at the tail end of his career with uh, UT because he was like a booster a president a schmoozer he was the whole thing Herman can do that but it's not his forte so this is a pivotal year for Texas making it a pivotal year for the Big 12 Conference. Well, we appreciate you joining us and being a part of the show. And coming up, let's get into Bill Snyder's contract extension, what that means. The guys are going to be coaching when he's 83 years old. We'll talk about that and much more coming up right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So, yeah, about that uh, Bill Snyder Contract extension that takes him. He's 83 years old. Yeah, cool. 83. Uh, good lord. I think my grandma's 84. She'll be 85 at the end of this month. I'm trying to envision her on the sidelines at Kansas State. Oh my gosh. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly. Appreciate you coming on and being a part of the show and and joining us here. And you know, this to me. When I saw this contract extension for Bill Snyder, I just said, "Eh, you know what? It is what it is. Bill Snyder, as much as I really like Kansas State and I really like Bill Snyder, and by the way, we're doing our first tailgate of the season there for the Mississippi State game, the details are on our website, heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll be there setting up the tailgate, hosting the tailgate, and I look forward to seeing a lot of you. And I hope you K-State fans don't hate me for saying this. But I just feel like he's got that university by the cojones right now. He's got the program by the cojones. And I don't know if Bill Snyder's just going to try to outlive everybody until they finally say, fine, Sean can have the job. It's okay, Bill. Just go away. We'll give Sean the job. I don't know if that's what he's going for, but I <laughs> I just I don't like where this is going because it's going down the path of, Bobby Bowden of Joe Paterno, and I don't mean the the off-the-field stuff with Joe Paterno. I don't I don't not insinuating any of that. Don't go there. But the idea that the coach is basically calling his own shots and nobody else has a say. I I just I don't I don't care for it no matter who it is. And I hate to say it because Bill Snyder seems like such a likable guy. I don't know him personally, but he seems like a great guy and Obviously, he's done incredible things for young people and for that university. He's done so much. I mean, the program was a joke before he stepped into Manhattan. I, But I'm just following this, and I'm seeing this extension that takes him until he's 83. And here's what this was about, in case you know you're, you're not sure what to think of it. What this was about was about recruiting. Because right now, it's very easy to recruit against Kansas state. You say, you're going to go play for the, uh, for the old guy that might not be there in a year. And then you don't know who your head coach is going to be. No, now this doesn't change the fact that Bill Snatter could decide in a year that, you know what, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I'm moving on, but ultimately this was about recruiting and this was about looking and appearing stable. And don't forget this, there was a a clause in the contract that Bill Snyder had signed that remains in this contract that says that Bill Snyder gets to have appropriate, yes, here's how it's phrased, appropriate input into who his successor is going to be. Yeah, that's in the contract, believe it or not. It stipulates Bill Snyder will have appropriate input in choosing his successor. Now, Bill Snyder's done so much good for the university. He's given money, the name of the stadium, turned the program around, the whole thing. I mean, God bless him. But I, that gets to a point, and you're getting there in this relationship where, no, you know, you gave us 30 years of great service. You did fantastic things for the university. But you know, when you and I get shown the door or it's time to retire, is anyone asking us for our input on who our successor is? You know, if someone f- wants to ask, sure. But to have that in your contract, it, it just rubs me the wrong way. Maybe it shouldn't, but it really does. And I just wonder what the end game is here. I think most likely uh, Bill Snyder hangs them up after next year. The reason being next year can be a special season for K-State. This year could be if all things break right. But next year, a lot of these team right now is sophomores and juniors. You bring them back next year, Got a hell of a team on your hands. Those two quarterbacks, Hunter Risen, the transfer from Michigan State, the wide receiver is going to be in the mix. He's sitting out this year. There's a lot to like about what's going on there in Manhattan. So I'd say two more years, and then maybe if they can get Sean the job, they go from there. Well, speaking of coaches who might uh, find themselves struggling for work here soon, new odds came out from Las Vegas. And they listed the odds of the first head coach to be fired in college football. And I'll let you get two Big 12 coaches that could be on the list or are on the list. Uh, one's name rhymes with Schmabed Schmidi, and the other name rhymes with Clint Kingsbury. Yeah, bad joke, I know. Anyway, yes, uh, David Beatty is second on the list at six to one odds, and Cliff Kingsbury is fourth on the list at 10 to one odds. First on the list, well, the obvious ones, Urban Meyer and DJ Durkin, the Ohio State and the Maryland head coach. Then you have Beatty at number two. Meyer and Durkin are four to one. Beatty is six to one. Um, And then you go down the list to there, from there to Montgomery, that's Scotty Montgomery, the head coach at East Carolina. He's six and 18 during his time there. Lovie Smith at Illinois is eight to one. And then a trio of Cliff Kingsbury, Ed Orgeron, and Brad Lambert at Charlotte. Think about that. Ed Orgeron's entering year two as the full-time head coach, and he's like the fifth most likely coach to get fired. LSU, boy, when they missed out on Tom Herman after firing Les Miles, what a, a, a dumpster fire of a program that is, that they didn't have their successor lined up. They just assumed they could get some hot shot. They fire Les Miles and end up with Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron is the perfect interim coach, the perfect fourth outfielder. He is not a head coach at a Power 5 program. It's been proven before at oldness. I don't know what LSU was thinking. There's my LSU rant for the day. I'm not upset about it. I don't care. It's fine by me. <laughs> I, mean, I want to see the Big 12 do well, not, uh, not LSU. But gosh dang, they had no backup plan for Tom Herman and Texas came in and swooped him right up. So sorry about that, fellas. But You might be looking for a new head coach this offseason. So that's something that you look at and you say, okay, you have David Beatty second on the list. You got Cliff Kingsbury fifth. These guys know it. And the biggest difference between last media days in 2017 and this media days this year is that both David Beatty and Cliff Kingsbury were well aware of the fact that they're on the hot seat. And I asked David Beatty, I said, what's what's the hot seat level for you? What's the win level? He's like, I don't know. All I know is I got to win. I think if Beatty can get the four games, you can justify keeping him. Kingsbury's got to get to a bowl game to even consider it. You you can't have Cliff Kingsbury, and I want Cliff Kingsbury to do well. I really do. I I like him. Every time I've talked to him at media days, I think he's just a cool guy, straight shooter, um, takes the heat, can handle it. Everything you hear about the way he recruits, no nonsense, doesn't put up with the BS. I want him to do well, but at what point do you say, is he the guy that's going to turn around the program? Or is Texas Tech just kind of okay with the idea of uh, you know, being a bowl-eligible team and then anything more than that is gravy? Maybe they're willing to give that more time and see if that can turn around under Kingsbury and see if uh, the stability of having him there is worth more than blowing him out and trying to start all over again, which is what they would be doing. And Lubbock, Texas, admittedly, is not an easy place to recruit to simply because it's not an easy place to get to. You know, it's four hours or what, five hours, six hours from uh, Austin and you know another six, seven, eight, whatever it is to Dallas. It's not around the corner. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly. Glad you're along for the ride. Appreciate you coming on board with us. There is uh, a ton more to get to. By the way, if you missed the radio show, you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. We're all there. The podcast downloads are going through the roof. So we appreciate all of you for doing that. All right, well, let's transition to why this can be a really interesting year for the Big 12 Conference when it comes to the biggest position on the field. I'll explain coming up right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So when I think about the Big 12 as well, it's not the year of the quarterback in this conference, right? I mean, we all know that there are a lot of questions around the quarterback position, There's no Baker Mayfield coming back, uh, no Mason Rudolph. Uh, Yes, there's Will Greer, and then there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. But I think what makes this year so intriguing for the conference is the fact that the quarterback storylines are so darn good. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being a part of the show. A final few minutes here with you. So, You look at the storylines of Kyler Murray. I mean, gosh, the guy just signed a multimillion-dollar baseball contract. He's like, no, I, I want to be the quarterback at OU. It's like, all right. Um, Scott Boris doesn't like that, but go ahead. Kyle Kemp at Iowa State. I don't know how good Kyle Kemp is, and I wrote about this on the website. He is not going to bother with the whole uh, CFL or you know whatever it might be, next league up that gets him you know, some exposure. He has no interest in doing that. He is not going to be bothered with it. That is very evident when you talk with Kyle Kempt. Because guess what? Guy's a computer engineer. Not a bad degree to fall back on. That's what Kyle Kempt has in his back pocket working for him. So he's OK. But I wonder how good he is. Because now that there's a full season of tape on him, this can go two ways. Either he's exposed as somebody who just got by because no one knew what to expect. There was some magic last season for the Cyclones, and Kyle Kemp is kind of the guy that just bounced around from Oregon State to JUCO to Iowa State, and he's not that good. Or a full off season for him allows him to build up his abilities. His brain is obviously incredibly good. He can use that to his advantage, and he becomes an absolute stud. And, yeah, he may not be the most physically gifted, but he gets by with all the other stuff. And Allah, and I don't want to make this comparison. I'm not saying Kyle Kemp is Tom Brady, but I'm saying a similar analogy in the sense of more brains than actual um, God-given talent, per se. Will Greer, I mean, is he actually going to be a guy that competes for a Heisman Trophy, or is this going to be a, a season that does not live up to expectations for the West Virginia Mountaineers? What the heck's going on in Texas? Are they going to find their quarterback for the first time since Colt McCoy? Is Ellinger the guy we talked about it earlier? Can he be that guy? What's going on at Texas Tech? McLean Carter, is. are we trusting him? And, and Oklahoma State, Drew Brown, Spencer Sanders, the true freshman, what is the direction that that program is going to take at that position? I haven't even mentioned Kansas State, which might be the most complete quarterback battle with two guys that you actually have confidence in. No matter which way you go, uh, Skylar Thompson, Alex Delton, I like them both. They bring different things to the table. But that is a quarterback battle that is fascinating because I don't think you can go wrong either way. I think in some of these other battles you can. You know, if Texas goes with Shane Bouchelle, that's a telling sign to me that for whatever reason Ellinger's not the guy. I would be surprised by that, but that would be telling. You know, if you go with uh, Jet Duffy at Texas Tech, who I don't think is going to be the guy, Alan Bowman's getting more reps from what I'm hearing, the true freshman, than is Jet Duffy. But, all right, what does that say about McLean Carter? You know, McLean Carter had to be bailed out in that Texas-Texas Tech game last year by Nick Shiminek. Don't forget that. And Oklahoma State, is the Hawaii transfer Drew Brown somebody that Mike Gundy has trust in, or does he go with a true freshman in Spencer Sanders? You know, now with this new red shirt rule, that puts a whole new wrinkle in it as well, because the red shirts now can play in up to four games. That wasn't the case. The minute he stepped on the field, that red shirt was burnt. So Spencer Sanders, can they try him early in the season and see if he's overwhelmed or see if he's up to the task? I think that's another good storyline to watch. So the Big 12 doesn't have those studs coming back, at least not studs right now. But they certainly do have a nice bunch of storylines to follow. I haven't even mentioned, I don't even think I mentioned TCU, but I'm going to go with the fact that um, Sean Robinson's the guy there, although apparently the Ivy League transfer, the guy, uh, why is his name Skip, My- uh, Michael Collins, is making a little noise. He's a Penn football guy. Yeah, Ivy League guy. Transferred last year, sat out, and he's pushing Sean Robinson apparently, but Sean Robinson was at Big 12 Media Days, so Do I believe that Gary Patterson is going to bring a quarterback to Big 12 media days and then he doesn't start the season? Uh, That would be surprising, huh? All right, now for wide receiver rankings as a group. Number one on my list, West Virginia Mountaineers, not close. Gary Jennings, David Sills, Alabama transfer T.J. Simmons. Don't forget about him. Four-star stud, absolute stud. Fifth-ranked player in the state of Alabama, the class of 2016 and there's Marcus Sims. That's as good a one through four as you can ask for. Number two might surprise you. Number two, I go with the Baylor Bears because of depth. Denzel Mims is really good. Chris Platt, Gavin Holmes, Pooh Strickland, RJ Sneed. That's a heck of a two through five. And don't forget about Jalen Hurd, the former Tennessee running back who was an animal at Tennessee, rushing for over 2,600 yards. And they got a first-star early enrollee, Taquan Thornton, who ran a 10.500-meter dash. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. All right, number three in the wide receiver rankings of the Big 12, I go with OU. Hollywood Brown, what more do you have to say? He's as electric as it comes in the conference. CeeDee Lamb is a very nice option on the outside. And then it goes down from there to guys like A.D. Miller, Nick Basquin, Michael Jones, Lee Morris, A good depth there for Kyler Murray. Number four, I have Oklahoma State. James Washington's gone, but that's a position that Oklahoma State's loaded at. And you look at the players like Jalen McCleskey. Um, I want to see more from LSU transfer Tyron Johnson. I got to see him reach those expectations that he came to Stillwater with last year. I don't know if it's because there were too many guys last year. He never found his footing, but I want to see more from him. And also, true freshman CJ Moore. Six-foot-five kid, four-star receiver, top five player in Oklahoma. He's going to play right away. I keep an eye out on him as well. TCU at five, a nice one-two punch. Cavante Turpin and Jalen Rager. Don't be surprised if Jalen Rager's uh, a top three wide receiver in this conference next year. It would not shock me one bit. Good depth at Iowa State. I have them at six. The word for Texas potential at seven. Collin Johnson, little Jordan Humphrey. Can they be that great one-two that they have the potential to be? Texas Tech down at 8, a lot lost from last year. 70% of their wide receiver production is gone from last season. Kansas is 9, not 10. K-State is 10. Byron Pringle gone really hurt them, hurt hurt that program a lot. A lot of question marks for K-State. I hate to put them down there, but Isaiah Zuber, Dalton Schoen, those number one receivers at the Power 5 program? i got to see it to believe it. Guys, we're out of time. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place, right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. country stations. Yeah, we're one big country nation. That's right. Well, it's always great to talk to Barry Trammell of the and We appreciate some time from him. And once again, guys, rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, screenshot me your review, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'll send you a free koozie. Pretty darn good deal. We'll talk to you soon.